0: Kroger Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Thank you for joining us on the East West Football Podcast. I am your host Fidel. Alongside with me are my co-hosts Jerry and Kendall. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing pretty good, man. How are everybody everybody's doing? Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, just doing my part. You know, just making sure I'm taking care of myself. You know to be able to take care of my family in the long term and, and be able to take care of my neighbors. So just hanging in there.
0: Yes, man, like I said, that's, that's all we can do, man. I take it one day at a time. Hopefully, you know, things, well, things are looking a little better, but, you know, we'll see how things go.
1: Yeah, I think the most important part is for people to stay inside their homes and not leave unless it's necessary. That way we can have sports back in our life because I know every, everybody's missing that.
0: Yes, <laughs>
2: Well, just, uh, I mean, even just looking back, I mean, just being able to go to the store and just grab something that you need, you know what I mean? Like now, like there's lines, you know, you get there and it's like like everything's gone. So just, I think, normal society, I think in general, I think that's what we're waiting for to return, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully it happens sooner than later, but uh, who knows when that's going to happen. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get started. So big news that... Oh. Came out today was in the morning that old uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a fifth and a second-round draft pick in next year's draft. I believe a radio station in New York actually broke that story. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts?
0: Well, and then, like I said, initially, I think if from the Vikings' standpoint, I don't really understand it if it goes through because you got rid of Stefan Diggs, one Diva receiver that was causing problems in the locker room and you're gonna bring in Odell Beckham Jr. We we all know what he's been known to do. So I, from a Viking standpoint, I I don't really understand it. I don't see it going through. But as of right now, it's just speculation. So you know, it'd be interesting to see what goes on from here. Uh,
2: I mean, like like what you're saying. I mean, I think that when you look at things like that, I mean, it's getting closer and closer to the draft. Um, you know, his name has already been out there a couple times as far as being drafted, uh, traded. I'm sorry, traded. Uh, so, you know, you know how they say, where well, there's smoke, there's spires. So, may, I mean, maybe during the draft, I think we're going to see a, a bunch of trades within players that, that have already been in the league. You know, I think I saw a report that, hey, there's full expectation that, for instance, O.J. Howard's going to be moved during the trade. Yes, I've seen that. During the draft, uh, traded during the draft. So, I mean... It's something to keep keep an eye on. I mean, that's what makes that's what makes the NFL so exciting, right? It's just the drama that's all involved and everything, the, the climax to the actual draft. You know, teams are constantly trying to improve their teams, and I think that this is a great way to do it, especially if you're a team that has a salary cap that can bring in a special, unique talent like the Odell Beckham. Why not take a shot? You already know he's a proven commodity, you know. So improve your team.
1: Yeah, and I feel like in Minnesota he would just have more structure, as far as you know who the head coach is. Mike Zimmer, he's a respected you know defensive
0: coach, and uh, Gary yes.
1: Kubiak is there too, and he's the assistant coach and the offensive coordinator. If I'm not mistaken,
0: yes, yes, and, and when you look at it again from the Vikings standpoint, I mean if you if you if you're going to trade for Odell, you're going to give up a first rounder, so that's going to be the equivalent of any receiver that you draft in the first round this year. I mean, so you if you want if you want to get a proven commodity at in, in, in the pro level, Odell Beckham he'll be a guy. So it would be it just it would basically be like the, the Vikings draft the receiver in the first round if they did send a first round pick to Cleveland for Odell.
1: Yeah, initially when the report first came out, I was like, well, why are you going to trade for a deeper receiver when you just got rid of one? But uh-huh. throughout the day, I started thinking about it a little bit more, and I and I actually do kind of like it, um, just for the simple fact, you know, he he's a superstar. And he is a great receiver. As long as he has structure, I think he would, he would do fine. And then, of course, if Cousins can deliver the ball to him as well,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, Cousins have, has never shied away from throwing the ball or getting the ball out of his hands. You know what I mean? So, I think that that I think I, I think a lot of this has been built since last year's frustrations. You know, with being with all these high expectations for for that team. You know, even even Baker Mayfield. You know, sometimes you you see some of the reports. It looked like he was frustrated. So, I mean, sometimes the change of scenery is good. Obviously, moving from the Giants to the to the Browns wasn't. I guess the it it didn't have the immediate impact that we all thought it would have, and the Browns weren't the team we thought they were going to be. But um, you know, I think that when you have a quarterback like, you know like what we're talking about right now, uh, Cousins, you know, Cousins is a, he's fearless. He's going to throw the ball around. You know, he, he does, he doesn't care if he throws an interception. So, you know, I think with Gary Kubiak coming in, I think that his structure is a little bit more better right suited to get his wide receivers open on bootlegs because they set it up to the run, you know? Yes. So I think that it'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. And he could get great stats and, you know, get back into the, to the back, back to being the Odell Beckham that he was with the Giants.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel this would be, you know, something good for Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, He is the younger quarterback, so I think last year he just felt the pressure of, hey, like, I have to throw him the ball regardless if he's open or not. So I think that's going to help him out too as far as his career goes, you know, advancing, not having to, to think, hey, I have to throw this guy the ball. Because if not, he's having running. to
0: force it to nobody. Yeah, he's gonna complain
1: Yeah, because you know what, I I do recall a couple times last year that we did see Odell Beckham. He was frustrated.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, I saw that too. I mean, but I mean, there's been kind of like this story, like since he he's been with the Giants, right? The frustration.
1: Yeah, and then also too, the other news that that came out was that the Buccaneers were pro- possibly thinking about trading OJ Howard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's been um it's been out there for a couple of years now. So, I mean, he's coming up on a contract year with the Buccaneers, so it would be interesting. I could definitely see a few teams calling Tampa Bay on draft night trying to get um um Howard, O.J. Howard from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, it'd be interesting. Like um Jerry said initially when they smoked their fire. I think I mean, from the Buccaneers standpoint, you just got Brady and I mean, if I would, you would think you'd want to have a, a the most weapon, the most weapons that you can have for your veteran quarterback there. So, but I mean, obviously something's going on there. They do got Cameron Bray ahead of him on the depth chart, and he's been a lot more productive, productive in their system since OJ Howard has been there. So it may look say it'd be interesting to see what they do there. But I, I could see a team giving away a second or a third for OJ Howard.
1: Yeah, I think maybe maybe a change of scenery would be good for him as well. I know we've seen them struggle, you know, the last couple of years.
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, you, you, you see a team, somebody that's loaded with third round picks. I mean, that's that's the Patriots, and and it looks like, you know, I don't know what would, what would, would the Patriots be willing to. I think, I mean, if anything, I think the Patriots would be a, a good team that could bring. They always bring out the best in their in their tight ends. Uh, aside from this year, right, but they didn't really have the, yes. they didn't have the talent that OJ Howard is. I mean, coming out of Alabama, that guy looked like he was going to be the next, you know, uh, Rob Gorkowski, You know what I mean? Probably faster, right? So, yeah. Yes. So it was just one of those things that I mean, that I just think that I, I think he struggled with the uh, you know staying on the field at times, and Cameron Brake just outplaying him so. It's just been it's been difficult for him. I, I, I truly do feel it, you know, especially, you know, how he did so well in college and how well he did at the combine. So, you know, maybe a change change of scenery would do, do him very well and, and extend his career.
1: Yes. And then also too, the trade between the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans uh became official. DeAndre Hopkins passed his physical and so did David Johnson.
0: Yeah, so like I said, that's good because those was there was a couple of things holding up that trade, you know, with the with with the pandemic and all that's going on right now, um, nationwide. So it was, I mean, I seen some reports of a couple of weeks ago that it was a possibility that you know those deals could fall through, like it would it couldn't happen. But it's glad that everything's official now, and you know, we can go ahead, we can go on from there. All
1: right, guys, so let's go over some uh, hidden gems. Uh, these are actually the last positions we have to cover, so it's going to be linebacker, defensive tackle, and defensive end. Jerry, if you want to start us off,
2: sure thing. Um, right? I mean, when we look at the at the prospects, you know, it's there's a ton. You know, there's a ton of them, and it's hard, right? Because you want to be able to, you know, give them a fair grade and and help them understand, like help your audience understand what they can bring and who they are. Um, But sometimes a player comp will help out so many, but sometimes these player comps don't do players justice, but, you know, let's, let's, let's just get right to it. So a name that, that, that I think that we're going to see that is, he's considered right now second to third round. Um, He's not getting the buzz or, or, you know, he's not getting like, like his name's not getting out there. Like, like, you know, other defensive ends out there, like, you know, the Chase Youngs and whatnot. Uh, but Daryl Taylor, he's out of Tennessee. He's 6'3", 267 pounds. I mean, overall, when you look at, when you look at this player, you, this is what you're getting. You're getting a player that's going to be very versatile. At Tennessee, he played both defensive end, you know, a traditional 4-3 defensive end, and he played outside linebacker uh, in, a, in a 3-4 lineman. So, you're going to get a very versatile player. This year alone, he had he had a pretty good year statistically. You know, he had 46 tackles overall, 10 tackles for loss, eight and a half sacks. You know, when you look at this player, if I was to get him in a four three scheme, he's going to be a tr- terrific stunting defensive end. Um, when I look at him you know you can you can line him up at the 3 4 but at sometimes with 3 4 it looked like it was a little bit too much for him but he can play the role so i think that any team that's in transition i think that this would be a good player that you can develop and he can actually become a star in the league you know getting you good you know good sacks every year and being able to contribute to you know stopping the run i think if you're going to give him a player comp i i would want to say d ford right cuz d ford did have a lot a ton of experience playing in a three, four out. Uh, he was a three, four outside linebacker, And then he got traded to the 49ers and he played, he played the uh, defensive end with the 49ers. So I think overall, when you look at that, I mean, that's just the, I think that that's going to get him actually drafted a lot higher than what people are projecting him right now, especially when they see, you know, the run on, on the positional start taking off. right? Um, moving on i think that another player that we really don't hear too much he's a defensive tackle he's projected like fourth round and later but you could probably hear his name called a little bit earlier just because of what he did you know he played with lsu and you know i think that every time you hear lsu you think of Clevion chason right which is he was a dominant three, uh a dominant uh, edge rusher right but you know, sometimes you need that defensive tackle that's going to help. You know, collapse the pocket, and that's exactly what you're going to get in Rashard uh, Lawrence. He's he's out of LSU, six two, three oh eight. You know, overall, when you look at him, he uses his, he uses his low center of gravity the right way. I mean, just the way he's able to just attack the line, he attacks it with such great like force and strength. And I mean, he just brings like this energy. It's it's very unique when you see it. But what, what you see is that he's, he moves very quick and he helps to collapse the, the all, all the lanes. And that's why you, you see a player like Chason come on and be able to do everything he did. So I do think that, you know, when you look at a player like that, you're going to see him actually move up a little bit higher than what you're expected overall. Um, and then, of course, when you when you look around, I mean, there's there's a ton of linebackers. It depends on what you're looking for. I think there's one there's one linebacker out there that that uh we may not know uh but his name is Willie Gay uh he's out of Mississippi State he had a great combine there's some red flags with him I think that uh one of uh, one of the red flags was something to do with his uh his uh he he was involved in uh it, it wasn't nothing the domestic or anything like that it was more like fraud fraudulent like in other words it was like it had to do with his school work like his his school grades you know but i think that you know i think the teams have had enough time to interview him but i mean you're talking about a uh, off the you know off the ball linebacker that's going to get to the ball he's gonna get to the ball carriers and get them he's going to get you you know he's gonna he's gonna make plays for your your defense he'll probably better better suited in a four three defense and he could play every every position you know, it's going to be the type of linebacker that you don't want to get off the field. And I do think that he's going to go in the second round. Uh, right now, he was projected right fourth, third, late third, fourth round because of his, you know, uh, his his character issues. But overall, you cannot you cannot deny his athletic ability and his 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 football IQ. So th- th- those are those are my three, you know, headliners. I do have some notable mentions and I'll just try to be real quick. Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech, you know, overall he's a he's a he looks like a he looks a very promising uh linebacker. Also, there's a defensive end out there that played for Florida. He his name is uh uh Jabir Zuniga. He if anything, there's just something so unique to him. He, he he's he's not the tallest, but man, he just He's not always he's not always the first off the line of scrimmage, but man, he he just can eat up so much dirt, like just with the strides that he takes, and he and he can get to the ball carrier. And he played defensive tackle and defensive end for him, having a small frame at six two, you know, uh, six two. I think he was like a two sixty three. I mean, if you if I'd have to give him a player comp, I mean that he would be more closer to Frank Clark. So uh, overall, I mean, I think that there's going to be a lot of depth in this year's draft. So those names keep an eye out guys. Uh, uh, hopefully, you know, if you guys know what your teams run as far as defensive wise, I mean, hopefully that'll give you a little insight. If they do select that player, you'll know a little bit more what they're going to bring. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned the, the comp for Rashard Lawrence, but it's uh, a Spence, the defensive tackle that the, the play with the Jaguars. So uh, that would be my, my most notable, uh, Front seven defensive line prospects.
0: Yes, i um, real good, Jerry. There, um, <clears throat> my under the radar gems or players in this in this year's draft at the linebacker position. I'm gonna start off with linebacker. I'm gonna go with Malik Harrison out of um Ohio State. I mean, he is a stud, and I think if it wasn't for Chase Young getting all the hype. I think the second guy it would be it would be Malik Harrison. He really like he's an aggressive linebacker. He's played all three of the positions for. He can play all three positions at linebacker. You know he's very he's very long he's tall, but he has a thick thick bone frame thick body frame. Like I said, he has experience playing all three all three linebacker spots. He can rush the passer. He can come at you. But one thing um I've seen about him when I watched it when I put him on the tape, he when he comes to you, you know he because he lays the pad level on you. I mean, he's very aggressive down here, making plays mid line of scrimmage. I mean, he's a demon down there. He, he he makes a lot of tackles, and he was actually in tops in, in, in Ohio State with making tackles at the line of scrimmage. Like I see if it wasn't for Chase Young and Jeff Okuda getting all the hype on the on the Ohio State defense, it would definitely be Malik Harrison. I mean, he's a great guy, and I can definitely see him going in the in the late second to the mid to the mid third round. His comp to me would be KJ Wright. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, he's he he's like a, he's very under radar, just like on Seattle's defense. KJ Wright, he doesn't get a lot of credit, but Bobby Wagner does or whatnot. So, like I said, I mean this Malik Harrison, he, he's gonna be a player to watch. I think he can. Somebody's gonna get a steal in him. Like he he has impressive, he's impressive change direction for a big tall linebacker. You know, normally you don't get these tall linebackers that can move like he can. But he he really can move, and he, he he's gonna be one. He's one of my under radar gems in this year's draft. At a defensive end, I'm going to go with A.J. Espinosa out of Iowa. I mean, his count to me would be Carlos Dunlap from the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Espinosa, I mean, I've seen some people say that, you know, he doesn't bring it every play and, you know, he can his stock is falling a lot. He might go down like in a, an early third or late second. But when I put on the tape and all the film I watch, man, he, he really gets out there. He, he's mainly going to be a pass rusher, but he can, he can um stop the run as well, too. You know, his sacks kinda dumped. his, his, his sacks total, they dip kinda every year. They kinda went down a little bit, then one year it went back up. So um pass rusher, he's kinda inconsistent there, but he can get to the quarterback pretty good. I mean, he he had he um his he to and they can set he can set the edge really good. I think he's in my opinion, he's better at stopping the run than getting after the passer. You know what I mean? And like I said, he um he, his first step is his first step is very explosive. And I put on one tape, I forgot who they were playing. I can't, I can't remind, I can't remember myself right off hand, but he leaped off the screen that day. You know, he's rushing. He like I said, he's very, he's much better at stopping the run than get after the, after the quarterback. To me, like he's a big run stuffer for you. I mean, he can flip around the edge, hit, hit that second step, and then he, he's there to the quarterback whenever he does get after the quarterback. I mean, he had double double digit sacks one season. But like I said, if I, if you're, if I'm drafting him, I think you're drafting him mainly to stop the run. But he can he can actually be a p- decent pass rusher. I think he fits good with the New England Patriots or whatnot. So, um and like I said, I see him going maybe a mid second round to the end of, to the to the beginning of the third round. And those are gonna be my players for for this year's under radar draft for the linebacker defensive ends.
2: Real quick, I would like to add uh I I Malik Harrison, I was I, I love what he did at the I mean, he he built a buzz for himself there at the senior bowl. So I just wanted to add that to to their uh I know if, if anybody wants to catch up on some of these players definitely you know these are these are some most notable uh uh players that did very well to come at the uh senior bowl I'm sorry and uh I know that Millie Carries had he 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 was able to build momentum but yes he has great technique and man he brings he lays the wood he's ready to lay the wood so I think I do think that he he's he's going to jump into the second round
1: yes All right, and then I'm just going to touch on the linebacker position. I'm going to go with Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. He's 6'2", 241 pounds. Uh, So he's a big guy. Uh, As far as player comparison, it would be uh, Kelvin Shepard. So strengths would be well-built with the ability to play the Mike and Sam linebacker, plays and excels on all three downs, alert, and he's got pre-snap instincts, meaning – he he knows where he's supposed to be, and play right. recognition. So I just feel like that's gonna be you know someone that's gonna be under the radar just because of the school he went to.
0: Yes, I, I seen I seen him um, a couple games. I he he stood up, he he leaps off the field, leaps off the game of the of the field for you. You definitely can see what he can do.
2: Yeah, and he's the last three years he's he's tallied up more than a hundred <clears throat> tackles every season. So yes. overall, I mean, you're getting, you're going to get somebody that could probably develop it to, you know, a, a starter and, you know, work his way up. I mean, if, if anything, he kind of, he kind of, I, and I don't want to go against your, your player comp, but I was like, man, he kind of looks like Schobert, you know, the one that the Cleveland lost. Browns is. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So he kind of reminds me of showbert just a, just a tad. Uh, and, and, you know, he did very well. He got paid, you know what I mean? But, Still overall, I think that he's going to be a, a great prospect. I, I think that there are some games that you you walked away, you look at the stat line, you're like, what the heck? This is insane. Like in one game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we, we know like the big names, like for instance, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen, those those are, you know, the, the, the linebackers that are going to go in the first round. Uh, like people don't know, like Kenneth Murray had 28 tackles in one game. Like that's insane. You know what I mean? So uh, – you know, some of these players they, they don't they don't have that opportunity because they're not always surrounded around great defensive line. Yes. And I think I think that like for instance, Logan Wilson, he had to show his skills um as a player and uh he was able to, to, to do so and he uses good technique and he just he knows he knows how he knows how to do one thing and he knows how to tackle and that's all Yeah. That's, and, that's uh, what you that's what you want in your linebacker, right? Exactly,
1: and that's actually what I was gonna say was probably like the biggest strength besides kind of like pretty snap where he's supposed to be is tackling, just the fundamental, you know, of actually tackling. And I feel yeah. like that's you know something that some teams don't really look at because uh, the player can be really talented, but if they don't know how to tackle, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna have a hard time playing defense.
0: No, for sure. yes. And another name that look another name that's underrated, I think it's Anthony Jennings. You know, Alabama they've always been named always been known for a lot of great defensive players, pass rushers, linebackers, secondary guys. But Anthony um, Jennings out of Alabama, like he, he has a few he has a couple injury problems. He's he's been kind of injury prone to Alabama. But I mean they say if it wasn't for that, he could easily be a, a one, two round talent, top of first round, second round talent or whatnot. So I think um Anthony Jennings, I think somebody might get a steal with him because, I mean, he's a he's very, very disruptive. And every time I put on Alabama tape, I mean, I, I look, I said, who is who is that guy come off the edge of there? And they know it's Anthony Jennings. So that's yeah, there's, just, just another name to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, there, there's several names out there. I mean, you got Uche out of Michigan, right? He's going to be uh, like more – I mean, what he could do is just get to the quarterback. I mean, and, and if that's what you need then that's what you're going to draft and he's probably going to go second, third, you know, maybe mid to late second, you know, maybe third. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if somebody somebody that's running, you know, a 3-4 that needs somebody to get to the linebacker, he he goes in the second. Uh, another another most notable would be um Ross Block, Blacklock. Uh I know that he's dealt with the uh injury. I think that overall, when you see him, he's a he's a big guy. He's six four, three fifteen, but he's pretty lean. Uh, but man, the way he attacks the line, he can, he's very disruptive. Uh, he's a great on stunts. Like I mean, he can get moving, so you can you can expect his name to be called in the second round for sure. I know that the torn Achilles is kind of scary. He's out of TCU, so it's just if anybody wants to catch up on him or watch his highlights, uh, it's a great he's a great player. And uh, the other one was Carol uh, Lewis out of uh, Alabama. Yes, he. I was uh, going uh,
0: to bring up him. I, um, him and infinite Jena are two under-radar guys I was going to bring up.
2: Uh, Davis, too, right, uh, from Alabama. Alabama had a stacked team this year. It's crazy when you look at their defense. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at the defensive line, Lewis will be probably early second just because he can get to the quarterback in a hurry. So, yes. I mean, this is a year that's full of depth. I think it, I think if anything, the one the one position that that we bought, that we covered from all of them, I think it was the corner, right? And 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 I think it wasn't so much that there was good corners. I think that the corners that we, that you see in this year's draft aside from Akuda and CJ Henderson, Fulton and uh, Gladney and and uh, and uh, what was the other one from uh, TCU? Um. I mean, J- uh, Jalen Johnson from Utah. Yes. Uh, aside from those players, I mean, the the majority of the players, they're all good corners, but they're going to probably translate to being slots just because they're they're a little bit more small frame. I know there's a real notable uh, corner out there. Amik Robertson, when we were talking with uh, Avery Bailey, I mean, he was just saying, watch out with this player. And yep. we went back and we watched the tape, and, man, he has been very productive, yes. you know? Yes, he has. So... so other other than the corner position, this is the year that you can truly build your team. Every team has an opportunity to, you know, pick and choose who they want. Uh some of these some of these players just that we mentioned, I think they're gonna go a little bit higher than what you think. And just so just to bring you awareness, right, of who is this player and you know, you got a little bit of insight and, and, and we're able to catch it, catch you up on the tape.
0: Yes, we'll see it. Yep. There.
1: And that's gonna go ahead and put a bow on uh, our 2020 NFL hidden draft gems. So, just you know, some names to keep in mind while you guys are watching the draft next week.
2: It's getting closer and closer.
1: Yep. Yes, it is. All right, guys. Any final thoughts before we get off the air?
0: Um, just want to say, you know, we're getting down to the meaty, greedy now with the draft. So, you know, the draft is less like seven, eight days away. So, you know, teams are putting up their putting up putting down their final. Draft boards or whatnot, and you know, we, we, next week around this time, we'll be waking up to the NFL draft.
2: Yeah, and, and just to just to kind of add on to that, guys, this is this is the right now. This next week or so, you're, it's it's going to be all smokescreen. If you don't understand the, the term smokescreen, it's just oh, you know, oh, this player, you know, this player is being seen by this by this team, and this team really wants this player. Like we've been seeing it, for instance. I just want to add that. Atlanta Falcons have always, especially with that deep, with the with their general manager that they have, right? Uh, he is ultra aggressive. He's he's been known to trade up. He did it for Julio Jones. He did it for uh, Marcus Trufant. Well, there's reports out that he's going to try to get into a top ten position to perhaps lock in C.J. Henderson, the the cornerback out of uh, uh,
0: Florida. State. Out of, uh, yeah, yes. Florida. Well, Florida oh, yes, and and I have, okay. I have close ties there with the Atlanta Falcons the gym. and um from what I've been hearing whenever they want to do something they really they really get they get they get it done.
2: Yeah, and the other the other report that I saw from a respect of, a respected source was you know we 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 all been seeing mock drafts we've done our mock drafts and I know we're going to we're going to be pushing out some final mock drafts right? Uh, but uh, everybody's expecting the Saints to go either wide receiver or corner, right? And uh, one of the reports that came out was no, the Saints are going to draft a quarterback this year. So those, these are some things to look out for. I mean, is it a smokescreen or is it they're actually going to do it? I mean, we saw Drew Brees got, got that contract after he after he retires. I mean, is is Hill going to be your, your franchise quarterback? It's kind of hard. We talked about his age and and whatnot so I think that when you look at the big picture I think if you need a quarterback this would be a great year to get one so he can sit behind Drew Brees and let and be groomed by Drew Brees yep we'll see yeah let me just
1: add on to that real quick too I mean I don't think it's a smokescreen I think they really are going to draft the quarterback just because they the wide wide receiver position in this year's draft is you know it's massive oh. there's a lot of talent on there so they might have a chance to actually get a good quarterback in the first round just because I feel a lot of other teams are going to emphasize on other positions besides that one.
2: Yes. A name that's been getting really hot, just to keep this going real quick, is Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he's going to be a saint, but because if you have Jordan Love and Jacob Eason and then you got Hurts, I mean, which one are you going to go with, you know? So.
1: The proven Kamani, the younger guy, Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, well, with Jalen Hurts, I think he's just a polarizing pers- uh, personality, and I think with him, it's his, it's his, it's it's his leadership characteristics that he brings. I mean, he's a true leader. Like he he doesn't, you know what I mean? He's he takes ownership for his mistakes, and he just kind of he's able to to rally a team behind him, and that's a quality that the NFL is lacking at the quarterback position. And I think that, for instance, Justin Herbert has all—I mean, he has all the physical tools to be something special in the league. But he's not, from what what we've seen and the reports and all that, is that he's not a uh, he's not a a, a leader that's going to fire up his team. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure he does, but from what we hear is that we're not hearing that the way Jalen Hurts is. And yes. I think some some teams that were linked up was the Green Bay Packers, right? That was one yep. thing and there was also another one um, um, the, no 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 it was the chargers the um
0: the, the oh, chargers oh yeah the chargers i'm
1: sorry
0: the chargers and so th-
2: this is this is why it's so interesting this time of the year because you're seeing the smoke screens are these smoke screens i don't know i mean honestly they they do need predecessors right uh aaron rodgers is going to be what 37 this year not saying that he's old right i'm just saying eventually you know what happens if 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 he if he has an injury, I mean you don't you don't have anybody behind you to keep you in, in in contention and somebody that can grow behind a true starter and like like we we all I think we all can agree that Drew
0: Brees this is a one
2: one and done correct That's it.
0: Yep. Yes. yeah That's it. and and um, real quick I just want to say Jake Fromm, the quarterback out of Georgia he's been very he's been uh, what I've been hearing my sources tell me he's been very impressive in his um, pre draft interviews or whatnot. And, you know, some scouts and some coaches and gyms they had some questions about his arm strength. But um they said that if it's anybody that's helped, helped themselves throughout this whole pre-draft process, it's been Jake Fromm. They said he's been very impressive, and people have been shocked. So um, I've seen a few, a few teams that could be interested in him. I've heard the Saints. I've heard Patriots. I've, I've actually heard Green Bay Packers. So Jake Fromm will be a, um, a name to keep eye on next weekend towards the draft. Uh, He'll be a, a, um, a late-rounder. I'll see like I said, maybe a third-round pick. But just something to keep an eye on next weekend for the draft, next Friday into Saturday.
1: Yeah, he and he's a very smart quarterback, too. You know, the other team, too, that I was thinking uh, would be the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, yes. I, I would, you know, I feel like that would be a great
0: fit I think he him. would be pretty good there with that because they're in the dome or whatnot as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll just – I'll be very brief. Uh, you know, there various reports coming out that Tua was going to drop to the third or fourth round. Uh, I'm just going to say, I don't buy it. I, I just think the talents, I mean, the, he's got a lot of talent and yeah, and I, I, I understand the injuries, but I think a team would be willing to risk that
0: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, the reward would be a lot greater.
0: I agree. I agree with, yeah. I agree with you. I right, do. Yeah.
2: And um, right now there's some free agent quarterbacks out there you can bring in and, and, you know, if he's not ready, you can let them take over or, or let that, that that quarterback you have, but, if anything was to happen to him, if you start him from day one, if you have a backup quarterback that can continue the the process, well, hey, let him heal, but let him bring his magic that he brings to the field, right? Yes. And that's the one thing about Tua. Is he's a very special, unique talent. I mean, he he gets the ball where he needs to get it. He has good anticipation. He's a, a true playmaker.
0: Yes. Yep.
2: And that's then
1: it. on Friday, we are actually going to have a special guest. Uh, his name is Justin McLaughlin. He's actually an employee with the Cleveland Browns and uh, soon to be a scout for the Browns. Yes.
2: Also, also, yes, we're very excited and we're looking forward to that. Uh, But we want to mention the X XFL. Um, So they filed for bankruptcy. So just so that everybody knows that means that nobody in that league is going to get paid. So just, that's unfortunate. You know, we all kind of, we're all kind of bummed. We were like, man, it was kind of entertaining, you know, It it kept us going and whatnot. So, That's unfortunate, but you know, I think I think down the line uh, you'll see in the show coming up, uh, we'll we'll be able to give you guys more information on that. Yep. So, yeah. So, so once
1: again, we will have Justin McLaughlin from the Cleveland Browns on our show on Friday, and that's going to go out and do it for the East West Football Podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and have a good night.
0: Appreciate it, guys. Good night.
1: Cast.